Welcome to the Apple at Work podcast. My name is Bradley Chambers, and this week I have a special guest, Mark. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Bradley. Pleasure to be here. So, Mark, um, I know you as the person who I've met in real life that looks most like Andy Samberg from Saturday Night Live and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And even now, as I scare, stare at your Skype picture, you look like Andy Samberg. Am I the only person that's ever thought that? Andy Samberg is, is a first. Uh, oddly enough, I get Tom Cruise every once in a while, but uh, I'll take it, man. I, I don't mind. So what we're talking about this week, you know, we spend a lot of time on this show and things I write about talking about device deployment, purchasing, best best options, best upgrades. We've really never talked a lot about what to do at the end of life of a device. So uh, that's your expertise. Uh, that's the company you work for. That's what you all help with. So from a high level perspective, you know, let's say you've got, you're a school or a business and you've got a fleet of MacBooks and iPads. And, you know, they're older. What do you do with them? Sure. Um, great question. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, Apple devices are unique in this space in that they actually carry uh, pretty significant residual value after, let's say, three to five years of useful life, whether it's with students or teachers in, in a classroom or with employees at an organization. So most organizations look at you know, recycling or um, end of life as essentially we're trying to just get rid of the devices without it costing us too much money. Uh, the organizations that choose to invest in Apple devices actually have a unique opportunity to capture that residual value. And so that's where Diamond Assets comes in high level. You know, a lot of folks are looking at uh, on the front end when they're making a decision on what kind of device and what devices they want to buy for their for their uh, employees or students. They're looking at you know, cost. You know, what is the device going to cost? What's the sticker price? And not often are they looking at, you know, what kind of value they may see of those devices at the end of life. So that's some of the the information that we're able to provide, um, you know, talking about future residual values, talking about, um, you know, what a current fleet of devices are worth currently and different aspects on, on how to better take care of those devices, how to maximize your return, that sort of thing. So when uh, when organizations are looking at, you know, the reasons why they might choose one device or over another or whether they want to purchase those devices outright or, or finance those over a certain amount of time, um, all of that plays into, you know, uh, right into our hands in terms of how you can best maximize your, your value at the end of whatever that useful life is. Do you, most of, you know, when you're working with individuals, you know, individual organizations, do most of them, are they leasing or are they purchasing? We're seeing, uh, you know, a trend, especially in education, uh, where, where financing is becoming more and more uh, a part of the language. Um, I worked for Apple's education division for seven years. Um, and early on, it wasn't really a, a strong conversation. But toward the end of that seven years, it was becoming more and more part of the lingo where schools were starting to see um you know, technology almost as an operational expense as opposed to a, a capital expense. And there's still plenty of schools that will buy outright with uh, bond funding or, or one-time funds like grants and that sort of thing. Um, I think in the enterprise, you know, you know, businesses have been utilizing this for, for a long time. We see a lot of both. We see a lot of financing and we also see a lot of, uh, of capital purchases. It just depends on, on how the organization views um, an asset like a, like a laptop or an iPad. Yeah, I, 
I know myself working in a nonprofit industry, I, I, I personally prefer to purchase things and it's nice to just be done with it. But from it's difficult for us because like we don't necessarily have good sales years that can say, okay, we're ready to buy. Let's upgrade this stuff and buy it all out. Right. And so it's easier to turn that into like an operating expense where it's like a lease payment. It's an operating expense where you just say, Hey, budget for X every year. And when that lease is up, we just get new devices and we just continue that payment. Um, I'm the, certainly the challenge for nonprofits when they're purchasing devices is it's really easy to push that back a year and it just becomes that ball you kick down the road. It's like, okay, let's, well, we had a tough year. It's trying to do the budget. Let's just, oh, let's pump that, you know, big, big purchase to next year. And all of a sudden you turn around, you've got laptops that are eight, nine years old that barely work, uh, and you have to replace them. Um, you know, with leasing, what are the different types of leases that you guys see uh, for folks coming off like in the enterprise or in education? Or, you know, we've got fair market value um, buyout, you've got dollar buyout. You know, are there any others and what are the benefits of, of doing those? Those are the the two primary ones that we see. I know um, since we deal specifically with Apple devices, you know, what Apple Financial Services offers is primarily the dollar buyout lease. Um, you know, there's plenty of other leasing organizations out there that might have some different products. Uh, I've heard of one called a flex lease that has a, a buyback component built in, but we don't see very much of that. Um, so I would say, you know, 90 plus percent of the, the financial services offerings that we see coming up in the K-12 space are those dollar buyout options because that it, it essentially allows the organization to own the device just simply paying for it over time. I almost look like it as a payment plan. So if you've got maybe an annual budget uh, of a certain amount of money, let's say it's a hundred thousand dollars, which is, you know, could be very large for some organizations and very small for others. I'm just throwing out a number. Um, let's say you've got a hundred thousand dollar device purchasing uh, average spend every year. If you were to multiply that out over a four year period, that's $400,000 in buying power that you could theoretically use today um, and then split those payments over time. So the benefit there for, let's say, a K-12 school is now you're able to uh, take in $400,000 worth of equipment, you know, essentially four times as much uh, all at once. So you could impact more grade levels. You can um, impact a larger refresh of devices. Um, and then you're simply paying the same amount, you know, every year that you were planning on doing already. I see some schools that look at it and say, hey, we've got X amount of money that's designated every year. So we're going to make that purchase every single year. Um, one of the possible pitfalls there is that Apple's always innovating. We see Apple coming out with devices on a pretty regular cadence. So, you know, we see new iPads almost every year. We see new MacBooks, you know, every once in a while. So a lot of times um, when that happens, you're making those different purchases every year, you're actually bringing in potentially three to four different models of device over the course of your purchasing timeline, which might impact IT support. It might impact parts that are available. It might impact cases, different types of support models in the background. So when you homogenize across the board and say, hey, we've got all one type of model that we leased up front, now it makes um, some more sense on the back end as far as support. When it comes down to a fair market value lease, this is similar to what you might see at a car dealership. You know, when you're you're talking about um, not ever actually owning the equipment, you know, with a dollar buyout, you actually own it. So at the end of the term, they're your devices. You can do with them as you wish, which includes more often than not 
selling them to an organization like Diamond Assets. A fair market value lease, you do have the option to buy them at the end, but it usually encompasses an additional lump sum payment at the end of that term. And it also usually encompasses some sort of fee that you have to pay back to the lease organization based on the condition of the devices. So if there's dents and scratches, which obviously, you know, four years of student usage in a, in a K-12 organization, there's going to be a good amount of that. And so not only are you, you know, paying for devices for four years that you don't actually own, you're then actually um, paying again for any sort of damage. Whereas a, a dollar buyout lease, it's yours and you could even refresh them early if you wanted to, if you enter into a four-year term and Apple comes out with something really cool after you're done with the, the third year, you know, you sell off the devices, especially with Apple, um, usually more often than not, the value of the device at the end of that third year is more than enough to cover your fourth annual payment. So now you're paying off a lease early, you know, getting rid of the older devices sooner than you might have thought, and you're able to, to use that flexibility to get into something newer, more innovative, and maybe better suited for your students or employees. So it's a, it's a really popular option that we're seeing, but um, you know, plenty, of, plenty of schools are still buying with cash and, and doing what they want um, with their money that they have on hand. So we, we see it all. So um, you mentioned kind of that you know, selling on the back end and using that to either uh, fund a, an early buyout, uh, end up earlier, or you can even use that to say, hey, we're just going to put that towards our next payment, almost like skip a payment. What are some tips specifically on the Apple side, since I know that's what Diamond Assets deals with, to for schools and businesses to to do to maximize the resale value, whether it's to you all or to uh, you know selling directly? What are some tips on you know, you know how to maintain the Mac, how to maintain the iPad, uh, and then talk to us about asset tagging and the benefits and minuses of that as well? Sure, sure. I mean, obviously, most of this conversation um, centers around the condition of the device, which I'll get to in a minute. I think um, from a 30,000 foot view, you want to look at inventory management and knowing what devices you have and where they are. So a lot of um, organizations that we work with, it's a struggle, especially in the school environment, to to know where all these devices are. You know, if they're bought three, four five years ago, distributed amongst campuses. And if that process wasn't done uh, thoughtfully or maybe with every, you know, every aspect thought of up front, Sometimes devices get lost, you know, if they're not managed, if they're not tracked via inventory. So that's probably the, the key bit at the front end when you're deploying devices. If, if, if you're listening and, and you're part of an organization that might not do a great job at tracking, that's probably number one, because you can't get money for devices you can't find that get lost or, or whatever. So, you know, looking at a really hardy uh, mobile device management solution. Um, you know, we're a, we're a Jamf solution partner. So that's one of the, one of the many MDM solutions that are out there to manage Apple devices in the classroom or in an organization. Um, we've actually got a tool called Clarity. It's a Jamf Pro integration tool that allows organizations that are already Jamf users to track their inventory from a buyback standpoint. So looking at, you know, how late can these be supported? What is the latest OS that's supported on these devices. Um, what is an estimated buyback time frame for these devices that are already being managed by Jamf? So that's just one idea of some of the information that's up front uh, available to you if you if you choose to invest in that. And so moving on to the device itself, you know, um, you know, talking about uh, cases, you know, what kind of cases are organizations selecting to protect their devices? Because when we're buying devices from schools. We're taking them into our organization and we're grading them 
from a cosmetic condition as well as from a functionality standpoint to then issue the final payment back to the school. So, you know, the better condition these devices are in, the more close to a uh, A grade they would be and the higher payout you would receive. So looking at um, standardizing on cases, um, we're doing a little bit of tracking on, on the different types of cases that schools are selecting and how those are, are, are grading out long term. So that's kind of interesting information that um, we're starting to compile. And really what we're seeing as a trend is the, the school districts and organizations that really monitor how often students are taking the device out of cases or if they have a, a really strict acceptable use policy in place that says, look, if we see you as a student with an iPad or a MacBook out of its protective case, you're going to be issued some sort of fee or you're going to be issued some sort of uh, deterrent, you know, from a, you know getting uh, written up or whatever having parent and community involvement there saying, look, as an organization, we're investing a lot of money up front for these devices. And we're also planning on getting a pretty significant return for these after we're done with them. And the key component to that is taking good care of them. So I'd say, you know, advice for um, any administrators that are listening, you know, choose a reputable case. Don't um, go with the least expensive option when it comes to cases. Look at something that's going to protect not only the glass, you know, of an iOS device, like an iPad, but also that's going to protect the really thin aluminum corners of a MacBook Air, you know, a very popular type of laptop that's going out to schools. Um, you know, the thinner plastic snap cases, they look nice. They're really minimalistic, but one drop on, on cement and those corners are going to dent up just as if they didn't have a case on them. So those are some of the things that we tend to see that devices coming back that don't look as great. It's because maybe they, they didn't go as high on the investment side from a, from a case standpoint. Um, you also asked about asset tagging. Um, I would say the more information you can associate with, um, with your asset tag, including, you know, serial number of the device, you know, expected location or owner of the device, all that sort of thing. A lot of times we'll scan in asset tags when we're picking up devices or when they arrive back in our facility. And they're literally only associated with the asset tag number and that's it. They don't have any other information that's um, coordinated with that. So we're seeing more schools putting an emphasis on associating that asset tag with a serial number, with a particular school location on the front end. And that's really helping them with inventory management tracking. And just so you know, um, you know, Bradley, I know you're familiar with asset tags and how much effort that takes to put them on and take them off. Um, Diamond Assets does not deduct any amount for receiving devices with asset tags on them. We, uh, we remove those at no charge. So when, uh, when schools and businesses are looking at, you know, who are we going to sell these to and what kind of effort is it going to take for us to remove all these asset tags, don't go down that path. It's a lot of effort, um, and if it's not done right, you could actually hurt the device on the outside. We've got the tools and the expertise in-house to do that for you at no charge. Oh, yeah, that's good to know because that was always my fear. And we don't do that at, at my school, but I know a lot of bigger organizations, they, they, they do that. My kind of my mindset is the serial number is my asset tag because I know in Jamf uh, I can pull everything about the device you know, from that. Um, uh, so so. Give me the give me the pitch for diamond assets. Like you, you guys are a turnkey solution here, and uh, and so for for schools or businesses that are having devices come off lease, uh, what what services do you guys actually provide? Like what's your what's your turnkey solution? Sure, I mean our our primary goal is to lower an organization's total cost into their Apple fleet of devices, right? I mean we have over sixty years of combined Apple education experience on our team. 
So we know some of the biggest pitfalls that schools and other businesses look at Apple and say, man, those are those are pricey, those are expensive, they're hard to get into. And we provide kind of this back-end um, solution to that to say we can really level the playing field when it comes to cost into these Apple devices. Total cost of ownership actually comes down oftentimes below um, that of a, a Chromebook or that of a, a, a compatible or comparable Windows PC device. So that's number one. That's kind of the goal why we're doing why we you know why we're doing this to begin with. Um, the pitch for Diamond Assets we're the uh, first and probably largest organization in this Apple exclusive space. Um, you know we're extremely financially stable, which is not always the case in this industry. There's a lot of companies that are that are newer in this space that um, might require additional financing to to facilitate the purchasing of some of these devices because we're talking about large sums of money you know uh, sometimes in the, the three to four million dollar range at a time and not every organization has the financial ability to make that happen um, with certainty and we're in that space where we can do that and there are others in this space that might not be able to and that can pose a risk potentially to, to schools that are looking at doing this, um, you know, really when it comes down to, you know, boots on the ground, what, what it actually looks like as a benefit to a school or business, we send our team in, um, badged employees, background checked employees to do a lot of the work for you. And we call it a zero touch, uh, white glove pickup service because we try to take as much of the load off of the organization's plate as possible. You know, a lot of times we're buying devices on the back end of this school or business purchasing new devices in the form of a refresh. So a lot of the focus obviously is on the new devices coming in and we want to take a lot of that hassle off of your plate of dealing with the old devices coming out. So I'll walk you through the process just so, so listeners know kind of what the step-by-step looks like in order for us to provide you with any sort of value in your devices. We need to know what you have. So um, asking about the inventory up front, having a good, clear idea of what devices are going to be available and what devices are going to be available when, you know, uh, a lot of times we see schools selling devices in, you know, the next couple months, you know, May, June, summertime is a very popular time. So uh, we work with schools all through that budgeting cycle to provide um, grade A values of their devices over a given uh, time frame when they might make them available. Once those um, dollars are approved and they say, hey, yes, we're ready to move forward with with this buyback and trade in, um, we'll schedule a date with our logistics team for our um, recovery specialist to come out on site. So uh, they'll actually fly or drive out to your location. We'll ship our uh, proprietary boxes out. These are these are large foam lined boxes that also assist in protecting the uh, the organization's assets to make sure in transit they're they're taken good care of they pack everything up we, we asset tag every device with an internal asset tag for internal tracking we uh, we ship all those back at no charge to the organization to our facility in milton wisconsin and over the course of the next 30 to 45 days our team inspects every device we uh, take down notes on the condition of every device we do uh, certified data erasure on every single device. So for MacBooks and other Mac devices, we're doing, um, you know, white drive, uh, certified data erasure, um, when certificates of data destruction are required, 
Uh, we do NIST 800-88 standard data erasure on other devices when it's not required. So all of that is built into our process. And that compiles this large report that's you know includes serial numbers, it includes grading notes, and it includes the final graded dollar amount that's being paid back to the organization. Uh, we send that back to uh, to our primary point of contact, discuss the the full notes and uh, issue payment back to the organization. It's a pretty straightforward and and transparent process, and we do our best to uh, to make sure that we set the right expectations with the organization up front, so they know they have a a really good experience and they they get uh, you know what they expect or more. Yeah, that's pretty key. I think is that like if you're in an organization where you don't have a large IT department. You know, you know, you've got these devices coming off lease. It's like you can just basically place a call. It's like, hey, I need this handled. Give me the money. And you guys kind of do that from a turnkey approach. Uh, the data wiping was something I hadn't thought about uh, that you guys could do. And obviously you do also do that. So that's really nice because you don't have to worry about any corporate data getting leaked and um, things like that. So you can just decommission those in your MDM and then you guys take care of the rest. Uh, so before we wrap up, uh, any last minute tips for um, – you know, businesses or schools when they're actually buying devices today, what's something they should be considering spec wise? Uh, for example, is like, is a Ram upgrade, uh, does that boost your payment by enough on the back end to, to make it worth it? You know, do you need any purchasing tips that help on the back end? Sure. I would, um, I would look at the devices that are going to be the most useful in your, your current environment. Now, um, I wouldn't necessarily think about spec upgrades from a residual value standpoint, um, when I look back four or five years ago, what was, you know, potentially top of the line or even an upgrade in memory might not make that much sense as an upgrade today, you know, cause the, the, the innovation is always happening there. So when I look at, you know, what used to be a standard of four gigabytes of memory is now a standard of eight. So now because eight gigabytes is kind of a standard on, on most portable Macs today, the folks that paid uh, to upgrade those four or five years ago, they're not seeing much of a return on that. There might be a little bit, there's definitely a little bit of a return, but it's nowhere near what the uh, additional cost might've been. So I would, I would say make the purchasing decisions today based on what you need today over the next several years of useful life, but don't anticipate that that hundred dollar memory upgrade or the $200 hard drive upgrade is going to really get you an extra hundred or $200 down the road. It, It might amount more to like, five to $25 down the road. And, um, just, just know that you're investing in what you need today and, and over the next several years of useful life. Well, awesome. Thanks for those tips, Mark. Uh, we will have a link to diamond assets in the show notes. So if you're curious about what they do and want to get a quote on, if you got some devices coming off lease, uh, check that out and then, um, uh, see what they can do for you. Um, so thanks everybody for listening this week. Uh, please, if you use Apple podcasts, give us a rating, share it with your friends, uh, subscribe, you know, give it a star and overcast, uh, it helps us grow the show. Uh, again, we'll have links to anything we talked about in the show notes and we will see everybody next time.